Denmark has a tradition for thinking creatively and also a tradition for teachers to work quite independently with their own ideas and approaches in the classroom. Welcome to Kids Lab, a podcast for parents, educators and everybody interested in STEAM education. Today on the show, we're talking to Ricky Paskesen. She's the Educational Curriculum and Community Manager at Cubo Robotics, a Denmark-based ed-tech company. So, Ricky is a teacher and educational sociologist. She has a broad teaching experience with children and youngsters and also has been teaching students and adults. Ricky has been the head of development in Coding Pirates at Doc1, a maker environment and library in Aarhus, Denmark, and she has been specialized in teaching with the use of robot technology. Among others, she started up the elective subject Robotech at a boarding school for teens. Ricky also works for Kubo Robotics, and she's the educational curriculum and community manager at Kubo Robotics, a Denmark-based ad-tech company. The moment we got in touch, Ricky was just spending time in Orlando, Florida, where she was testing new features of the Kubo robot with students there. So what's Cubo? It's a two-wheeled little robot with color LEDs and some sound effects. While there's an app available, it's really just used to update the robot in case of updates. To program the robot, the kids use the so-called tag tiles. These are puzzle elements that include NFC tags. NFC is a short-range communication technology. And as the robot moves over these tiles, it is able to pick up the controls or actions that these cards implement. For example, you would move over a turn right card to program a turn right action into the robot. As the tiles connect like a puzzle, a sequence of actions can be programmed. There are also loop tiles or tiles change the LED lights of the cubo or make it emit some sound. Using these simple tiles, kids can learn about loops, functions, even subroutines and recursive functions. Besides the basic Cubo coding tiles that I just talked about, there's now also Coding Plus and Coding Plus Plus available, which extends the features available. Another great idea is the Map Maker, a web-based software that can be used by educators to create miniature maps that can then be printed. These maps can then be used by students to navigate to a specific place on the map, thereby training their logical and spatial thinking skills. If you're now interested to see how Cubo looks, then just open kidslab.dev in your browser and check the episode blog post. In the show notes, I get a link to their website, images, and of course, this background info. Okay, welcome Ricky to the Kids Lab podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm uh, doing great. I am. It's evening in Denmark, but uh, I'm fresh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though even though work just started again, right? So, well, so Ricky, can you tell us a bit about the history of Kubo? So, when did Kubo start, and uh, what was really the main motivation behind creating this educational toy? Mm -hmm. uh, in 2016, Daniel Lindergaard is our founder. Him and his study friends, they uh, studied experience technology and they introduced uh, this handhold tech, the Kubo robot. And this was such a great project that they started up a firm. So uh, it was basically because they realized that not enough was being done to teach young students coding and computational thinking from 
a social and engaging hands-on approach. Uh, and as coding is essentially the language that translates human language to computer language, then as, as edtech designers, we think that learning to code is a means to democratize opportunities for success in the future. So this is why we, the reason why we work with handhold technology as well, uh, reducing screen time and uh, the time in front of the computer. So it really started as a team of founders and can you tell me a little bit how, how big is Cubo by now? How many employees? Now we have 15 employees today. Okay, all based out of Denmark then, cool. Well, we have one working in uh, England and we have one employee from, he is actually Swedish and there we have one employee in China as well. So we, uh, we have our base in Denmark, but we also have uh, employees abroad. So I think from the start, Kubo, and that's very specific about Kubo, I think, did not use a screen to program the robots. And that's something really I, that it really distinguishes Kubo, I think, from many other solutions. And um, so I wanted to ask you if this was really a decision that was made at the beginning, a conscious decision. Yes, uh, this has definitely been an important uh, part from the beginning and still is. Uh, because we think that students in general are spending too much time in front of a computer screen or an iPad. And with, com with Kubo, they can work creatively and independently with technology free from a screen learning to code, uh, with the use of tactiles with, which is puzzle-like pieces that you put together. And then the robot can memorize these tactiles while the students learn to code. I mean, once you have a screen in the classroom, right, um, how do you make sure that the students are not watching YouTube videos, right? And you have, let's say, 25 students or so. So this becomes really hard, I believe, right? So it's, it's, it's a great, great decision, really. Yes, it, it's, it's a lot of uh, distraction when you have a screen. It, it can be. So let's chat how Cubo really works. So in the intro, we mentioned it already, and you also just spoke about the tactiles already. Uh, so those, those are the puzzle elements. Um, so how does a, a basic Kubo session, a learning session work? Uh, how do you lay out these tiles and what can you do with them? Well, uh, we learn students um, from the beginning. It's actually students from four years old up until 10, 11 years old. Uh, we introduce the basic coding elements like functions, subroutines, and loops. But first of all, students like basic roots, learning to go left, right, what, what, what is left, right, and so on. Very basic. Then they lie the roots. And then the next step is actually the coding part where we turn the roots into functions. And when we create a function with use of the tactiles, then Kubo can memorize the tiles. And then uh, you can have Kubo execute the code only by making use of a play tactile afterwards, which is the point going from roots to functions. And then also in the basic package, you learn about subroutines, recursive functions, and loops. And how does the Cubo robot learn about this? So um, I think this works with NFC technology, right? So whenever Cubo runs over one of these tiles, it picks up the, the action that's encoded in that tile, right? Exactly. There's a chip within the tile, of course, so that the robot knows that when it reaches this tile, it has to turn right, even though that the tile maybe lies in, in, in another direction or something. 
So you just mentioned the, I think the, the basic um, coding package, right? Which was the functions, loops, and subroutines. And uh, I think um, the students learn by kind of laying out the tiles, right? And then you teach them that they can actually repeat this easily by creating a function, for example. But and that's something I don't have at home because I was originally buying the the original package, which was just coding. And by now, I think there's also coding plus and coding plus plus. So I wanted to ask you, what has been introduced in these extra two packages? Kubo Coding Plus introduces the more playful elements to embed within your code, like speed, direction, distance, and time. So it's actually not basic code, but it's uh, playful elements to add to your code, working with um, science as well. And um, when we come to Coding++, plus plus, then we introduce the more advanced coding concepts like variables and conditions, and students can also work with events and random tiles. So this is for the elder students having learned the basics, and this is real coding concepts, of course. Yeah, I think this is brilliant, and and it's it is all without a screen, right? That's that's the most fascinating part, actually, of this. No, I, I because I really imagine how much um, noise it brings to a classroom when you have to sit twenty five students in front of a computer screen, right? So. Yes, that 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 is also a point. Of course, Kubo can make sounds, but it's. It's uh, it's it's not that loud. It's um... no, I I mainly meant the distractions that that the screen will bring, basically, right? So if you would have a screen in the classroom and you have twenty five screens because you have to use them for programming, right? And uh, that, but that's a good point, actually. Part of the functionality of Cube is also to, I think, right? It's it's it can change the colors, I believe, right? And it can make little sounds, but those are not very loud. So those are not distracting. Exactly. And there's a pedagogical thought behind uh, the color change. When when Kubo is blue, then he's ready to start coding. And when he turns purple, then he's memorizing the code. And if Kubo suddenly turns red, then you know there's something the the battery might be low. So there's an indicator uh, belonging to each color. I didn't know that. That's very cool. Yeah. So there's a, there's a Kubo app, I believe, that's available for iOS and Android. And it is really just used for upgrading Kubo. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, our Kubo app is, is used for upgrading Kubo. And Head 1.0 will have an upgrade for the Coding++ pack. And what we call Head 2.0 has Coding++ included at launch This will be launched here in January, February, and new features are, for instance, audio adjustments. And there's a gyro sensor as well in the upgraded Kubo, helping the robot to navigate more precise. Then Kubo is able to to get the direction that it's moving in, basically, right, with the gyroscope? Yes, because uh, when the students lie the tiles, they, they, they can lie them not always in a strict line so Kubo can go a little off track uh, but when there's a, a gyro sensor within the tiles then Kubo can correct the the line uh, itself so what what else has changed over the years so i mean i started with with the coding package right and we already know there's a coding plus and plus plus package uh, what else has been changing well i will say now we have a much stronger focus on steam um science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, implementing more creative, playful, and inspirational ideas to teaching with Kubo. Uh, We have a Kubo 
Coding Plus Plus Project Pack just around the corner. It has just been launched. And this I look very much forward to see in action because uh, the Project Pack focuses on students using Kubo to create and ideate on solutions for real-world challenges. And uh, there's also an element of social-emotional learning connected to the Project Pack. So you can work with with environment or you can work with um, challenges in your own hometown uh, so that the students can relate to these problems and then they can work with their creatively with their solutions embedding code to their projects oh, wow so this sounds like uh yeah pretty much like project-based education i believe right so where you're combining all kind of different things yes the, the project pack is meant to be project-based learning yes so the, the other thing that i found on the website and i quickly tried it out is the map maker so i want to ask you um what is this all about and how is this typically used in the classroom? MapMaker is for teachers to create their own maps um, actually on the computer so they can drag drag and drop some icons and design their own map and the, the background for the map and the icons that they would like there to be. So it's it's a great feature for the busy teacher as well. And the content and the subject that you currently work with in the classroom, this you can use when you have designed a map and then add your, the task for the students, you can write that down. So, and then you can print it out. Uh, so that the students get it all together. I think I saw an interesting example, uh, which was about the, I think it was the weather system, right? So and then you saw the sea and how the water is rising above the sea when the sun is shining. And I believe this can be then, you know, this, the students had to follow a path on that maps, on, on the map. Yes, I, I think you, uh, you relate to the water cycle activity. Oh, exactly, the water cycle, yes. This, this is a more uh, academic science activity because you learn about the water cycle while coding, programming Kubu to, to stop at each uh, stage in the water cycle. And uh, this is quite new, uh, this map. And it's, it's actually not online, but we have, uh, we have uh, posted an example in a, a small video example from the water activity. So, um, Rika, you're the educational curriculum and community manager at Cuba Robotics. So I, I guess that you'll probably be traveling a lot. And so, um, and you're probably also meeting a lot of teachers uh, around the globe. So what are, what is it that the teacher is typically looking for when it comes to a STEAM a product, a STEAM education product? I think uh, it's being able to work creatively with science, language, and math activities. Uh, teachers, uh, they hunger for creative inspiration to work differently with math, for instance. And uh, they like to get inspired by new and different approaches to, to their usual subjects in class while using handhold technology. And also we, we make sure to, to add on a playful element uh, so that they, they sense that the students really get motivated when, when they say, okay, we are going to work with Kubo today. Then the students really, their eyes glow because it's, they, they really like it. And um, we have inspirational ideas that we develop continually. Also, just to download from our web page, uh, quite easy. It's it's one page per activity, so it's uh, it's not 
something that the teacher needs to study for a long time before you can put it into action. You can just download the page and, and then give the activity to the students using our blank map, for instance, where students can work creatively on ideas to solving solutions in an independent and playful way. And this can be by making their own product designs, making use of tinkering activities, um, for instance, work with clay or work with small matchboxes, matchboxes in the classroom or stickers or whatever. And uh, to, to really... Um, give room and space to these creative tasks, uh, which, which is, is a good challenge for educators nowadays because many schools, as we all know, they value planning over tinkering. And a tinkerer is basically constantly experimenting, testing out new ideas and shifting plans and goals depending on how a, a product develops in the process or an activity develops in the process. So the the tinkering process is messy and the students are allowed to experience and try out and start over again and so on. And, and this is a really needed, um, something that is very needed in education, I, I think, because goals and plans, they are refined in the process. So so it's the activities are actually qualified and the product design is qualified in the process when when the teacher gives this academic feedback while the students are working. So what tinkerers, they lose in efficiency by not having a strict plan, then they win other things in creativity and agility, which is needed today. It's today, I mean, everybody speaks about creativity and thinking out of the box, right? And and you're totally right. The, the normal school system, at least also here, I believe in Germany, is, doesn't really take care of that, right? So a tool like the Kubo, can help to bring this uh, creativity part actually into the game. Yeah, it, it can because we make sure that that our inspirational ideas that they are play playful and creative. So we have both our lesson plans, basic lesson plans, and our lesson plans for coding plus and lesson plans for coding plus plus, and then we have these inspirational ideas uh, for teachers to download from our web page as well. One page introducing. Uh, an activity with Google. And uh, I, I would I re recommend our project pack, of course, uh, coming with our Coding++ plus plus tiles because this is a real project that can go on for either a week, three whole days, or for one day per week in, in a month so that the students have space, room, and time to really get engaged and, and, and focus on what they are doing. So let's um, specifically now look at at Kubo again now and how would the teachers or a parent who buys Kubo for, for the home use, for example, what is the, the, the best uh, idea to introduce Kubo? So can you recommend some activities to start with or uh, are there some things that you should better, better not touch, for example, at the very beginning? Are there just some, some things that are too complex that might scare off the students, for example? I would recommend and suggest the activity called Be a Robot as a starter, because this activity is uh, then you have students go to the floor to have some physical movement and uh, then they navigate a friend. Uh, so they, they control each other before they start using the tactiles. Then they learn to, to make commands and uh, 
control a friend, for instance. And we have big printable movement tactiles for these activities that the teacher can place on the floor and the students can create routes and then they can navigate their peer, so to say, on the floor. Mm -hmm. And they, they kind of learn how a robot thinks now, right? And that's waiting for actions. Exactly. So the one playing the robot uh, has to wait for a command and not not think him or herself, but is the one in control. Uh, and they, they, they learn this physically by by playing on the floor. And then next you can start out with lesson plan one, lying different routes for Kubo with the tactiles, For instance, driving uh, from the school gate to the baker on our school map or line tiles going from the school bus to the football field and so on. And then you can add a little storytelling about Kubo's behavior. So, so this is very basic, starting on the floor physically, navigating each other, learning about directions, giving input and output. And then you can go to the, to the school map lie the tiles in, in, in different routes and then you start the coding when uh, turning the routes into functions. So Ricky, you are from Denmark, uh, which is a relatively small country and it probably has a specific education system that is different from other education systems on this planet. And everybody, of course, every listener has its own idea now about education system. Um, but you also travel a lot, so you must have seen other systems. I think that when we got in touch, you've been in Orlando, I believe, uh, I believe um, trying something out for Kubo. Um, so what what can you tell us about... Um, how the Denmark education system differs from other education systems and what's maybe special about the Danish uh, education system? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, shortly told, in, in the 70s and 80s, Denmark had a tradition for working project-oriented in school. And Denmark has a tradition for thinking creatively and also a tradition for teachers to work quite independently with their own ideas and approaches in the classroom. But now, of course, like... A lot of other countries, this has certainly changed within the latest years as we have also been influenced by new educational standards and rules. Uh, though there are openings at, at some teacher education institutions to have a more creative and playful approach. When it comes to STEAM, it would be valuable for schools providing teachers with the frame to work more cross-curricular and for making room for more project-oriented work, combining academic content and coding, and also for the science-math teacher to work together with the language teacher on a project. But, but this is one of the challenges for teachers, that they, they are not necessarily giving time to, to working cross-curricular uh, during a week. So are you saying that also in Denmark, the, the system was uh, kind of getting more and more standardized? Yes, we, we have been influenced as well. Yes. So when it comes to comparing the countries like Denmark to other countries, um, what do you think is the most advanced country that it, when it comes to STEAM education? Which country is pushing for these STEAM-related topics um, the hardest, basically? Uh, it's a very good question um, because many countries still focus on, on STEM and on specific engineering projects. Uh, though I think that, that countries can get inspired by each other. And for instance, when, when, when working with child-robot interaction, uh, 
to learn students about ethical considerations, social interaction, and to learn to think creatively and independently. And as for your question, I think that the northern countries, uh, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, are among the countries that are very conscious about um, still having a democratic focus in school. But we we are challenged as well. But I think... Denmark has got a tradition for creativity and experimentation and so in, in the school education system. So hopefully we can get there again so that it has been giving more time and, and space in, in school and it, in education as well. But I think it, it is as much a, a challenge for edu- educators to to push <laughs> to the system and, and to tell, uh, well, we need this and that because we want to develop uh, creative and independently students. And, and to be able to do that, then we have to to stick to, to some of our own ideas. So it's also about teachers being able to, to not taking everything in that is told from top down. Yeah, and so I think one of the struggles could also be that um, something like creativity is is way harder to measure than, let's say, how many points you got on a math test or so. Yeah, that, that is really hard. And it's, it's an interesting struggle I can feel with the teachers uh, you know, in the area they're in. This is true. But actually, in our project pack with Coding++, Plus Plus, we have an evaluation scheme uh, for the teacher to evaluate the student's projects. And this is, for instance... To evaluate the the coding part, uh, how advanced is the coding part? Which tiles are used? Uh, which variation do the students use in the code? How do they combine the code with the storytelling? Um, how is the content of the storytelling? Is that academic uh, fulfilled as it should be on on in third class or in fourth class or, or which level it is? And also focusing on um, Working, working in groups uh, to be able to cooperate and to discuss and to argue for this whole thing, combining coding, academic content, creativity, storytelling, everything together so that the teacher get a sense of, okay, I, I don't only have, have to evaluate the coding part, but I should as well look for the social part and for the cooperation so, Rika, is there something that um, that you see coming up, something special that's coming up with Kubo Robotics uh, that you might want to share for 2020? Yes, what I what I can say is, of course, that we have this Kubo app coming, where where teachers can upload their existing uh, software uh, and and uh, download the, the the new software um, and having. A gyro sensor for for the new Kubo 2.0, uh, having Kubo navigate more precise, and then I will say the project pack, of course, coding plus plus tiles. They have they they are just being launched here in January, so this is quite new for 2020, and this is very exciting. Introducing variables and conditions, uh, also in playful ways. And I will also say to teachers to, to just look out for our webpage and our inspirational activities because they are continually launched and uh, you can get inspiration there. So we have a lot of free content that 
the teachers can go in and, and look at on our web page. Cool. So there's a, a lot that has already launched for 2020, a lot more to come. Uh, that's brilliant. Ricky, thank you so much for this interview. It was very exciting to talk about all this and um, wish you all the best for the future. Thank you. You're welcome. And you too. In this episode, we explored the Kubo robot, and I hope you also like the idea of learning to code without any screen. So if you enjoyed this episode, head over to kidslab.dev to check out the show notes with all the links of this episode. And of course, don't forget to subscribe now if you don't want to miss a future episode. In the next one, we're talking to Sasha Ariel Elson about her book Sasha Tech Savvy Loves to Code. 